1: Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. But for our radio audience tuning in here in Mississippi at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all could be with us. Also, tuning in through online affiliates around the world, we appreciate you all being with us as well. I think all of us know what it's like to experience love and loss, but I think the thing that may be most difficult is being able to move forward, especially when things don't go as planned or when life happens to us. Our next guest has been able to experience loss, but also being able to realize what is still possible with the life that she has. We're excited to welcome Charlotte Maya to our program today. Charlotte is the author of the book Sushi Tuesdays, a memoir of love, loss, and family resilience. We'll talk to Charlotte not only about what it's been like for her to share her own personal story with the world, but also to find connections with others as well as show us all what's possible if we choose not to give up on ourselves and the life that is possible for us. If you're just now finding out about the book, we'll let you know how to get it for yourself. But Charlotte, thank you again for the time. Really do appreciate it.
0: Cyrus, thank you so much for having me.
1: Look, the pleasure is definitely to... oh, I'm sorry, Charlie?
0: Yeah, I'm really looking forward to chatting with you <laughs> and about the book.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. I, and I should apologize. I think there may be a slight delay here on the radio side, so I do apologize. But you know, I, I think the thing about this book, Charlotte, and I was so excited to talk with you. So I want to say when it was first pitched to me, I was automatically intrigued because I think it is a book that so many people can relate to. Has that been one of the exciting things for you? I know it's your first book, but has part of the excitement been that your journey is one that so many people can relate to?
0: Uh, Well, yes and no. I never wish anyone to suffer, of course, Mm. and life happens. So an experience that I was afraid would really isolate me has instead, as you described, brought an incredible community. I'll just say briefly, I, um, you know, I was married and we had two little kids and I was not, I didn't know my husband was suffering from depression and I came home one afternoon having taken the kids for a hike with a family dog to find a police car in front of my house and the policeman and a priest were there to deliver the news that my husband had died by suicide and one of the things they told me First, they talked to me, and then they said, we will tell the children that their father died, but you have to tell them how, and we recommend that you tell them the truth, because you do not want them finding out from somebody else. And at a time when nothing made sense, that made sense to me. So truth and honesty and transparency have really guided our journey forward.
1: And I think that is so true. And I should say, too, Charlotte, I don't think you know this, my radio audience know, I'm a suicide attempt survivor myself, which is another connection I always have to conversations like this because I think in the moment of our darkest, and I can speak as uh, someone who attempted suicide more than once, that we don't always think about what we're leaving behind. And that's why I'm so glad I actually read your book because you even said, I mean, as far as the, the note that Sam left, they need you without the burden of me, we we feel that in the moment that life will be better if we weren't here, and I think what your book helps all of us to appreciate, whether it's someone who has contemplated suicide, thought about it, attempted it, or even has someone who may be in dark places, to realize to let them know that no, you know we we appreciate you, we see you, we need you here, and I think that's part of the mm. gift you've given us with this book, uh, Charlotte, is that. And this is not an easy topic. It wasn't easy for me to talk to my family about it. I remember the conversations at 20 uh, with my family. And I think books like this open up the dialogue in an important way. Talk to us about the decision to share, because, again, not everyone does. How did you get to a place where you wanted to not only release this in words, but release it to the world?
0: Oh, my gosh, there's so much here. First, I I just – I'm so grateful you're here and so sorry that you have been – through those really dark places. Um, I felt like this was a story that was demanding to be told. Suicide is the 10th leading cause of death in this country. It's second for the age demographic, 25 to 34, which is absolutely horrifying. But we don't talk about it. And the one thing we do know helps is talking about it. So I just really feel strongly about having these conversations. And I was terrified that I would be ostracized because of how Sam died. I was I was certain that I would be alienated because there is so much stigma and shame surrounding suicide. But what I found was the opposite. People wanted to share. They wanted to hear. So the first day I brought the kids to school Sam died on a Saturday and I brought the kids to school on Monday they were in first and third grades the kids were six and eight and as I was walking them to their classrooms I could see people averting their eyes and kind of separating and I thought okay here here's where it starts and I knelt down and I tell, told the kids you know as, last as long as you can and whenever you're ready to come home tell your teacher, and I'll come get you. And I didn't know whether they'd last five minutes or ten minutes or the whole day, which is what they ended up doing. And as I turned from their classrooms to go back home, I took not even very many steps before people came reaching toward me with hugs, with prayers, with well wishes. And from the first day, people held me. I live in a relatively small town, so there was no way I could have hidden Sam's suicide if I had tried. And I'm really grateful I didn't try. Like I said, the the honesty and transparency has been really a unifying factor. And as I move forward in my healing path, people will tell me over and over again, you have to write the book. You have to write the book because people don't talk about suicide. And as, as you just alluded to, Having the conversation, people, want, people are aching to have this conversation. And so I have found by just opening up the space to have the conversation, people are, are drawn to it.
1: And again, it's a uh, you really to be commended because I know it's not easy. Um, I, when I was reading it, I mean, I could I could feel the emotion at times. You said another thing that I think is so important, and I, we're going to remind our audience, both on the radio side, Charlotte, as well as those online, how they can get the book. And I definitely invite everyone to get it, uh, even if it's something that you may not think you have a connection to. I think you might be surprised at the connections you feel to the emotions of the book. And one of the emotions that came away that I thought was so broader than even your experience, Charlotte, and that was when you said in the book you didn't want your your children in particular um, to, you know, to, to think about their dad um, and the way he died and be defined by that. And I think a lot of times in general in life we find ourselves defined by the most – Darkest part of our lives, the most tragic part of our lives. Why was it important thing for you to make sure that that didn't become the defining thing, not only of their youth, but also of their lives?
0: Well, none of us, as Brian uh, Stevenson says, none of us are the worst thing we've ever done. We are all more than our lowest moment. Shame and stigma threatened to reduce the person who died to their last moment. And it's unfair and it's untrue. Suicide is an illness. It's not a crime. It's not a choice. It is an illness. It's a disease. And when, when the children learned, um, when we had these kinds of conversations and they learned that it was an illness and not an abandonment, even though they were abandoned and they felt abandoned, which is also valid. But when we start to understand how depression steals away the person that we love, not unlike a cancer stealing away the person that we love or Alzheimer's stealing away the person that we love, then they are allowed to love their father in his whole humanity again. We always joke that we don't hide the skeletons in our closets around here. We put them right up on the walls and piano mantle and, and everywhere because love remembers. And it's so important to know that that our Our healing is ongoing. There's no point at which we're done and fixed, and there's no expiration date on grief because there's no end to love. And I think as the children have moved forward, they have been able, and I have been able, to open up our hearts and live a wholehearted life.
1: Yeah. And and that's why I love the subtitle of the book, which I'm about to dive into, Charlotte. I want to say for those who are just tuning in, though, either on the radio side or online, you're listening to Conversations Live. As you can tell, we're already having a great conversation with our guest for today. We're speaking with Charlotte Maya. She's the author of the brand-new book, Sushi Tuesdays, A Memoir of Love, Loss, and Family Resilience. And we're kind of talking about all three of those components in the subtitle now, and I love the fact that love is something that you did not give up on for yourself, as well as being able to experience Charlotte, and that leads us to Tim. And I want to talk about that mm-hmm. because I think moving forward, it's difficult at times for people, you know, depending on the situation that they've been in. But you you talk about in the book how you you were able to still say yes to yourself and and yes to love and to stay open. What helped you? Do you think? To remain open to what may lay ahead for you.
0: <laughs> well, one of the things was the children. I um, I wanted them to live wholehearted lives, but I realized I would also have to lead by example. I couldn't expect them to lead whole, free, vibrant lives, and not do that myself. The title of the book: Sushi Tuesdays comes from Tuesdays sort of became my day for self-care there was a yoga class that I really liked on Tuesdays and then my therapist had a recurring slot open up on Tuesdays so Tuesdays became my self-care day and the kids were little they were six and eight so they didn't like sushi so sometimes one of the things I would do would take myself out to sushi for lunch party of one and So so Tuesdays became really sort of a sacred day in my week. I looked forward to Tuesdays more than Saturdays. And I would take that day to go to yoga and therapy and then do whatever Charlotte needed for Charlotte's own healing. And maybe it was crawling back into bed and crying. That is real. Maybe it was going for a hike. I didn't make appointments with JDs or CPAs or BFDs or anybody, not even friends. It was just really self-focused. And and taking care of myself, and that is always where love starts, is honoring ourselves in the process, and I didn't mean to fall in love again. I sort of accidentally fell in love with the most eligible widower in town, and and we had a lot more in common than just grief. We both had two kids, Tim's first wife, Debbie, had died from colon cancer, and but we just we, we did fall in love, and I do think we honor our beloved ones, both Sam and Debbie, more by living our lives with joy, and how grateful I am to have found him. I I can't really explain it, but I am grateful. Yeah.
1: And, and I think one of the that is. That I... No, I'm I'm sorry. Go go ahead, Charlie.
0: Sorry about that. One of the things I told the kids shortly after their father had died is there's a daddy-shaped space that will be in your heart forever. Nobody takes over that space, and nobody else fits in that space. But the thing about love is that if someone special comes into our life, your heart will grow, and there will be a new space just for him. And they don't cancel each other out. They both coexist.
1: I love that. And I love the fact, too, that you're able to share this the way that you are and that not only will your children have this and how you were able to deal with it. And, again, your honesty in this, I mean, the struggle, you know, with, you know, coming to grips with different things when it comes to the issue of faith and I think – and it, the connection there. But, you know, I think the discovery part is the the thing that really I think is such a huge um, – player in this story. And I think for us as a as a reader and as individuals in life that we know, look, we're going to have those moments when things are not going well. We're going to have those moments when we feel like we cannot make it. But I think I love the fact that you talk about the family resilience, but really it's starting with you making that decision for yourself. Mm-hmm. So now talk about this side. So here you are speaking with complete strangers like myself, uh, Charlotte. <laughs> about some very personal things. <laughs> um, talk to us about what that's been like for you to kind of uh I figured I'd lighten things up a little bit. <laughs> but I feel like I know you now that I've read your book. <laughs> but um so talk talk about that part, the being the achievement of this, that that you one of the bright spots of this is that now you are a published author. What has that been like for you to kind of sit with? Oh my gosh. It's
0: crazy. Crazy, amazing in the most beautiful way. I uh, one of the ironies is that when when I when the kids started first and third grades in September, I was looking forward to having some time to myself to write. You know, when the kids, those moments when both kids are or all the kids are in school for a couple hours a day. And I was, what I knew I wanted to do was write. I cannot for the life of me now, remember what I thought I was going to write about. It certainly was not Sam's death. And so it is, um, it, it is pretty thrilling. It took me 10 years to write this book. I really wrestled the words to the page. And along the way, I have met so many incredible people and, It is. Honestly, it's so gratifying. I feel like we're friends already because suicide affects so many of us and and bringing it out of the closet and and into the light where we can celebrate our beloveds, where we can help each other and ask each other for help and receive help. It is hard to say yes when somebody says, can I help you? But, But let me tell you, say yes. They can figure out how. If you don't know how you need the help, let them figure it out. They, everybody has a gift that they can bring. And so it is, it's been pretty remarkable. Um, I feel like so, so. the so-called little one who was six when his father died and is now 22 and six foot three, which technically makes me the little one, um, he, he's graduating from college in May, knock on wood. And I feel like now I am living my grown-up life. Like I just graduated from writer into author, and now I am graduating alongside my son. And it's, it's pretty thrilling. Well,
1: well, I think, too, it, it, is, it is going to be thrilling for so many people, Charlotte, not only in getting to know you, but getting to know themselves better. And I think it's hard mm. not to read this book and to see yourself somewhere, either as someone who has lost, Um, or as someone who has had to go through healing, uh, who is kind of wondering how they're going to deal with things and making the decision to keep moving forward, even when they don't really understand what it's going to look like. I think that's a big thing. Yes. I have to ask you this question on a personal note. Do you think that part of what helped you personally was that you felt like you had something to live for, and that being your children?
0: Oh, for sure. In those early days, I had two good reasons to get up and out of bed, and those are my children. Absolutely.
1: And you I don't know, and you I know to... what
0: you would have been yeah. like. Oh, go ahead. No, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Charlie,
1: go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> I don't know what it would have been if I hadn't had children. Yeah. I do have some very dear friends who have lost a spouse to suicide who didn't have children, and they say, they don't know how they would have done it with children. And this is part of the value of community is, is you find each other and, and and you walk alongside each other. I have so much hope from this new national lifeline, the 988 number, like 911, yeah. but 988 yeah. for mental health. Just the fact that we have it, I think, opens up... To, to our whole country that there is help there are people who care we have to talk about this and, and, it, and it will save lives
1: and i think that is the thing and I, and what i uh, i'm so glad you brought that up because when i first uh, saw that on a news story last year about it i thought you know this is what so many people need to know because i think for so long and i'll be 48 this year but for so long even in my lifetime suicide was not something families wanted to talk about that is not something that was definitely discussed on a platform like this on the radio mm. and, you know for the world to discuss so i think the recognition of how silence can be in itself, unfortunately, a killer, I think is so powerful. But I think also the shame, releasing that shame of it for those of us like myself who have attempted, for those who have considered, I think it allows us Mm -hmm. to see that we're not alone in seeing how we can be able to to help help those coming after us and that's why I continue to share my story because I have a nephew that's fifteen and, and mm. I never want him to feel like, you know, he can't talk about things because he's a boy and boys don't talk about things and you know and so I think that that's why mm. it's definitely so different. So I wanna ask you, regardless of where our audience may be, when they pick up Sushi Tuesdays, Charlotte, for you as the author, what do you hope the book does for them? What do you hope they leave the book with?
0: I hope they know that the story continues, that we do move forward, and we never let go of the love. Love always remembers. But I hope they know that they're not alone and that the story continues.
1: Yeah. I, I love that. I, and I think that's such a great point and such a great reminder for all of us. And and as, I love the fact, too, as you talked about your children um, you know, that there will always be that page. I think, too, not forgetting yourself from your own book. I think so many times we get so consumed with so much other stuff, we forget ourselves. And and I mm. think that is another great, great reminder for us, too, not to forget ourselves in the equation. And I think if we remember ourselves, that will remind us of our own importance in the world. And I think that will itself be a help for so many. Again, everyone, Charlotte Meyer has been our guest. Charlotte, great conversation with you. The book, again, is called Sushi Tuesdays. A Memoir of Love, Loss, and Family Resilience. It is available through our friends at Amazon.com or through your favorite bookstore. If they don't have it, I believe they'll be more than happy to be able to get it for you. It's published by Post Heal Press, so you guys can also look up the publisher's website there. Charlotte, I know you have a Facebook page as well as you're online. How can our audience best stay connected with you?
0: The best way is probably through my website. It's charlotte-maya.com. And that has my Instagram and my Facebook and my email. There's an email on the website itself. And thank you so much, Cyrus, for having me today. The pleasure has been mine.
1: Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I, I definitely believe this is an important conversation, especially if we're beginning a new month, um, reminding our audience again that they matter. And I think um, that's something all of us have to remember for sure. And we definitely thank you, our audience, for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. And let's go make today amazing. Take care.